I'm Hillary. That's your four-minute buzz. And now here's Glenn with the start of our show. Happy Friday. Uh, happy Friday. Thank you so much. Welcome to it uh, from our studios in uh, New York City. One more day. Uh, this is the Glenn Beck program. We're uh, thrilled about uh, the guests we have on today. We have Charlie Kirk. We have Bill O'Reilly. Uh, and some really fascinating stuff coming out of the left uh, today that you need to know about. I was asked to plan a cruise. I've been I've been asked for almost a decade now to do this, and I've never wanted to do it. Uh, and then they came to me and they said, "No, you, where do you want to go? What would you like to do? And uh, and how would you how would you plan it for others?" And I so I planned it for my family. Uh, and now you can come. Uh, I really like when I go to places, I like to know all about them and I like to see the connections. The only reason to learn uh, history is to see where we've been and where we're going. So what we've done is I put a cruise together to go to Venice, uh, to Athens and then to the Middle East to be able to see the birth of our children, uh, birth of our, uh, our nation, birth of the Republic birth of our faith, birth of capitalism, and it's happening next spring. Bill O'Reilly will be with me. Get your tickets now. Make sure you come. Go to comesailaway.com. Comesailaway.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. You remember the case of Heidi Fleiss. She was the Hollywood madam in the early 1990s, and everyone was waiting with bated breath to find out who just might be identified in her little black book. Most of her clients remain a mystery even today. Fleiss ended up serving some time in prison. The curiosity regarding her clientele eventually faded. Um, I mean, we, we all know there's sleazy people in Hollywood, right? We get that. So the fact that one of them would call for a prostitute was not really a big shock. It was more of uh, it was more of slowing down on the freeway to see you know who was in the accident and how bad they were uh, they were going to be injured. This is different now. Imagine how different it would be if Fleiss's operation involved human trafficking, high-profile people in her little black book. When it came to human trafficking, and if they were political, the ground would be shaking. And it is shaking, but there's a new development in this story, and we'll tell you all about it. Jeffrey Epstein, coming up in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So Take of Us makes a, uh, uh, makes a great boot, just a great boot. And, and they are selling them now directly to their customers, and they're about half the price of uh, similar boots. Tacovis boots are made by hand. They are um, they're you know hand stitched. They're they have about two hundred different steps. Now these are boots for I think real people. They're not the highfalutin you know ten thousand dollar boots or five thousand dollar boots. These are made um, by hand. Like I said, two hundred steps, but they are half the price of fancy boots. More than half the price, um, and they are. Um, and they're twice, twice the boot of anything in their price range. These are the boots that you can wear, not only wear to the office or whatever, you can also wear them out at the ranch. That's where I, uh, I, I've, I've got two sets of boots, the boots I never wear, 
and then the boots I always wear. And the boots I always wear are the ones that I could wear to work and I could work while I'm, uh, wear while I'm working on a fence. Those are Tecovis boots. Tecovis. They have uh, lizard and alligator and ostrich. They have just regular leather. These are great, great boots. It's easy and accurate to be able to uh, fit yourself in one of these boots. The reason why they're so inexpensive is they've cut out all the middleman, and you can order these boots online. Free shipping, free returns, ordering is risk-free. They always err on the side of the customer. So make sure you try this out. Great boots that feel great at a great price. It's Tacovas, Tacovas Boots. Get a pair now, your pair, at T-E-C-O-V-A-S, tacovas.com slash back. That's tacovas.com slash back. So the... The Heidi Fleiss. The Heidi Fleiss story is... uh, has been turbocharged now with Jeffrey Epstein. The case is getting uglier and more weird the more we look into it. Back in 2007, the charges brought against him were brutal. I want you to listen to this uh, quote. The FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office determined that from 2001 to September 2007, Epstein has conspired to persuade minors to engage in prostitution conspired to transport minors across state lines for the purpose of illicit sexual conduct and recruited a minor across state lines to engage in a commercial sex act. The, the government has everything they need to put this guy away for life. Court documents have revealed now that Epstein was partnered with a British woman at an international model agency They allegedly promised girls modeling gigs as a trick to groom them into trafficking. Law enforcement has the names of the victims, lists of several of the uh, accomplices, everything, again, they need. But despite what appeared at the time to be a slam-dunk case, the government chose to offer Epstein a plea deal. They slapped him on the wrist with a lesser charge and serving minimal time. Now, not only did this deal get him off easy, but it also immunized him and his co-conspirators from prosecution. Now, I don't think I've ever heard of anything like this happening before. This was a potential of unveiling of a system of elites all over the world bartering in underage human beings And nothing was going to happen. No justice was going to be served. How is this possible? Now, the obvious thing is to say, well, this guy just has a lot of clout and a lot of power. And he gets off with a slap on the wrist after being, you know, implicated in a major child sex ring. But I wonder if it stops there. Does it does it include just the names of the people in the little black book of associates and clients? Can he get off with this because he is 
friends with so many people, and he has blackmail ability on so many important people. I mean, how many powerful people were involved in this? So are they the real reason he's being able to avoid justice for these poor little girls? Well, there's a woman that has been a journalist and been covering this case since 2003. Her name is Vicki Ward. She wrote an article this week that mentions something that I think might be explosive. Explosive enough to blow up a good portion of our system. In an interview she had with a former White House official, the topic of Labor Secretary Alexander Acosta came up. Now, Acosta was the U.S. attorney in Miami that offered Epstein that ridiculous plea deal. And everybody's saying, I've never heard of anything like this. How could this have happened? Now, the media is insinuating that this was because, you know, that's why Trump paid him off with this big, you know, with his big job because... He was hiding things for Donald Trump. Well, the Trump transition team apparently asked Acosta about the plea deal. And this is how he responded. He said he was told by someone in power to back off that Epstein was above his pay grade. I want to give this to you as an exact quote. I was told Epstein belonged to intelligence and to leave it alone. Now, wait a minute. Is this implying that Epstein was working with an intelligence agency as some sort of asset? Was this sex ring being used as blackmail material for powerful people all over the world? Is somebody in the government using and protecting someone like Jeffrey Epstein using these girls to gain power over very powerful people all over the world. Or maybe a high-level official. Either in the government or perhaps in the intelligence community. Is it somebody who is listed as clientele in the little black book? Who would tell... A, uh, a state's attorney to back off, this guy is in intel. I know this. This case cannot go the way of Heidi Fleiss. This case cannot just disappear. Because when all is said and done, the ground is already shaking. Powerful people and powerful organizations will fall if this is pursued. They will fall. We have to ask ourselves, do we care that much? Are our politics more important than uh, these kids that have been put in peril and been preyed upon and been used as sex toys? Where are our real priorities and what does it mean? We all know that our government is very dirty. We all know that there are predators in our government. We know that. So now the question is, now we have the guy who has the decoder ring. What is it we're going to do about it? More in a second.
So 5G is going to be a giant leap for mobile communications, offering lightning speeds, more reliable connections, and the ability to stream higher quality video. But it will also mean that there are more targets for attacks. And with more accurate location data, it's going to give 5G hackers the exact address of you. Plus, the risk of uh, state-sponsored surveillance will become more popular. 5G is going to change our future. Now, the question is, are you going to be the rat in the cage? There are so many, so many threats right now in today's connected world. It takes one weak link for criminals to get in. And when personal information is exposed, someone uses it to commit identity theft. That's why LifeLock exists. They have been on this since the 1990s, and they were way, way, way ahead of their time. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number, on sale at the dark web. And nobody can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock has been in this business. They were, I think, the first ones in. They're the best ones. They have been in this business perfecting it for, what, 30 years now? LifeLock can see the threats that you might miss on your own. Join now and get an extra 10% off your first year by using the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or just head to lifelock.com and use the promo code BECK. Get an extra 10% off at 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com, promo code BECK. We pause for 10 seconds, station ID. (sighs) I'm going to be very glad to go home. I mean, I love New York. It is a uh, it's a great city. I mean, it's it's just the access to minds and to thinking and to everything is just incredible in New York. But your access to. Excuse my French, and I don't think it's French. A holes is enough. I mean, it's it's overwhelming. Yesterday in an elevator, I wasn't in an elevator, but some friends were in an elevator uh, and uh they had a five-year-old and a nine-year-old. Now, they have eight kids, and they were all out running around all day with these kids. They get into the elevator of this hotel, and uh, two of the kids uh, take and push three extra buttons, okay? And they're like, stop it, stop it. And so the kids stop. Now, as the elevator doors cl- are closing, a woman sticks her hand into the elevator and, and opens the doors again. And the guy, my friend, said immediately, um, just so you know, kids pushed uh, some extra buttons here. So if you want to take another elevator, you might. And the woman gets in and she just does this. Oh. So their first response is, oh, no, not a problem. Uh, you know, I got kids. I know what it's like. No, uh-uh. Oh. So she stands there and they stop at the first floor. It opens, it closes, they continue on. Oh, gosh. Oh, this is so irritating, she says to herself. So my friend's wife says, wow, some people's lives are really, really hard. That's when the woman turns around 
and says, you know, I have children. And so my friend tries to lighten things up and says, oh, so then you, you understand. I mean, kids do stupid stuff sometimes. And she says, no, I have children, and I taught them not to do things like this. <laughs> First of all, really, <laughs> did you? You're perfect little angels. Now, if I were on the elevator, I would have started engaging right now. My friend does not engage uh, it, when she says, I taught them not to touch the buttons. Oh, and she turns around. That's when my friends just start to laugh. And uh, she doesn't say anything except a few more grunts. Then the elevator doors open. Now, this is the third time it has opened. They only push three extra buttons. So she's got an extra floor to go, but they're getting off on this, this floor. And as they get off, they say, we're really sorry for the hassle. And um, as they're walking out of the elevator, she, she says loudly, and yet you laugh about this as if it is no big deal. Now, that's when my friend puts his hand in the elevator to stop the elevator door from closing. And he told me last night, he said, Glenn, I had a choice. I could either tell her exactly what I was thinking, or I could be Christ-like. So when I said to him last night, please tell me you didn't choose Christ. <laughs> please, please tell me this is the one time you said, you know, Jesus, I'm not going your way. <laughs> and he said, no. I chose Christ, and I said, you know, I'm really sorry. We apologize to you. Uh, you know, we're sorry that this has affected your day. And I said, you're pathetic. You're <laughs> pathetic. This is when my son chimes in, who is really good at accents. I'm not. He's really good at accents. He does a really good Scottish accent. And uh, <laughs> he said immediately, I would have said, don't get your tit in a ringer. <laughs> I said, boy, you know, uh, we should have been on that mm. elevator with you because I would have looked at I would have looked at her. I would have I would have had a few choice words for her. And then I would looked at my son and I looked at Rafe and I said, I just would have looked at you and shook my head. And what would you have done? And he said, as you were walking out, Dad, I would have hit all of the buttons on the elevator. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. Okay? I know Jesus is wonderful, but there were no elevators with crappy people in them at the time of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So elevators don't count on the Christ-like time. Mm -hmm. I just, I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> I might be wrong. I, I have to admit, I was hoping for the, I was hoping for the, no, nah, I, I ignored everything I've ever been taught. Right? Too, yeah. Because I would have. Right. I, you would have gone I would have, crazy. I wouldn't have been nice. Would not have been nice. No. Although no. I will say. I mean. The first lesson I taught every one of my children, and I reinforced this year after year, don't touch the elevator buttons. That was, you know, the uppermost thing in my mind 
And I can't believe no, it wasn't you know in, in these parents' minds. No, it was. They've taught their children that. <laughs> and their they children did it anyway. Just do, they brats. did it anyway. Do you remember, uh, Pat, Tanya and I wanted to mm-hmm. buy a piano. We ended up buying like a $1,000 piano, okay? Because none of us really play. Uh, and But we had this dream that we were all going to learn, you know, and we had two young children, and so we're going to learn and we get a piano. And I said, well, let's get a good piano. Let's... Let's, you know, can we look at Steinways? Now, I've never, I don't know what a Steinway cost. I thought, like, you know, I don't know, maybe 10000 Maybe 10000 <laughs> no. Uh, no. 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 Uh, they're about $125,000. Mm-hmm. They can be as high as half a million. And, uh, <laughs> and so we walk into the Steinway place, and Tanya's like, Glenn, these are really expensive. And I'm like, oh, let's just look, you know. And so I go in there. And I'm looking at just like a black one. Okay, there's nothing special about it's just a black piano. And I said, So how much is how much is this one? She said, Oh, this hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. And I wanted to say, Does it cook me breakfast too? Or what what else does it do besides Can you, you know, live in it? Play music. <laughs> yeah. And does it play music on its own? She looked at me like I was a cretin. I'm like, for hundred and twenty five thousand, I should be able to say Hey, play something nice, and the piano should play something nice, okay, without anybody sitting there, unless somebody from Steinway would like to sit in the little chair. Maybe that comes with it. For 125000 maybe a little person comes that can play the piano, too. No. So she's telling me, uh, but we can make these any way you want. And she's showing me all these, you know, inlaid pianos that are like 250. Now I'm kind of getting into it. I'm not, I have no intention of buying one. I'm just like, I'm just looking at how stupid these pianos could become. And um, so, you know, but you're doing what you always do when you're way out of your league. You pretend there's a possibility (laughs) That we might buy it, mm-hmm. but we're going to have to go away and talk about it first. So I'm, I'm pretending that I'm very interested. And I said, so what do you do? You know, like, do you can you put the little lock on the keyboard thing, you know? And she looked at me like I was a Cretan and she said, no. I said, well, you could put anything on these pianos. We don't put little locks on the keyboard. And I said, well, how do you keep your kids? I've got, you know, three year olds. How do you get them from? you know, pounding on the keys. She said, you tell them that it is a Steinway. Oh! I didn't think of that. My gosh. Think of that at all. Okay, so anyway, let's go back to the uh, real world here for just a second and talk to you about the cruise through history. If you've ever wanted to take a cruise, this is the cruise to take. It's next spring. I'm going to be there. Bill O'Reilly is going to be there. David Barton, Rabbi Lappin, Stu. Possibly some unannounced guests are going to be on board as well. Um, We really want you to come. We're going to go to Venice. Then we're going to go to Athens. We're going to go, if you were a fan at all, of Game of Thrones. What was it? King's Landing. Uh, We're going there. Uh, it's Dubrovnik. Uh, that one's just for fun. Uh, and then we're also going to uh, Israel. And we're going to do several shows that you're going to be able to watch. We're going to kind of hang out together. I mean, it's not like you want me hanging out at the pool because I hang out. You know what I'm saying? I, you don't want to see me in a bathing suit. Anyway, it's an all-inclusive trip. 
I'd love to have you join my family as we sail away. Come sailaway.com. Learn all about it. Grab your tickets now before they're all gone. Come sailaway.com. Hear more conservative voices. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn and use promo code Glenn for $10 off. Man, I'm really excited to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, Tacovis. I know how ridiculous a great pair of boots can cost. Tacovis makes great boots and accessories. They sell their boots directly to the customer, so their boots are half the price of anything that's even similar in quality. They're all handmade with a 200-step process with only the best materials. Their entire line honors the timeless traditional boot styles. No silly stitching or sequins or loud colors or anything else. These are just great boots like my grandfather would have worn. With Tacovis, there's no need to break them in. They arrive already ready to be worn immediately comfortably. They're easy to order with tremendous customer service. Tacovis always has free shipping and free returns. Check out their boots and their clothing and accessories right now. Tacovis.com slash back. That's T E C O V A S dot com slash back. Welcome to the program. We have Laura uh, on the phone. Hello, Laura. Welcome. Hi. I um, Your stories about the Steinway and the elevator are so so funny and typical because I used to work in Manhattan and that's why I'm not anymore because all they are is angry, <laughs> want to control. And if you don't laugh, you're going to become like them. So, oh, I know. I know. It's, it's why I move. One of the reasons why I moved out of New York, you're, you're surrounded by people and not everybody. I mean, there's a lot of normal, hardworking people, but there's a lot of people who are just living in an entirely different world. One that they <laughs> think like, that they control, that they think that they control, yeah. can control. Yeah. And you just yeah. And everything laugh. else, yeah, everything outside of them is just a nuisance. And yeah. it's not worth, I mean, people who, my son used to work at this store called Bergdorf Goodman's. If you're from New York, you know it. It's a very elite store. Well, people would take their giant dogs in while they're shopping and their dogs would take a crap and then they would look at the store person like you're going to clean that up aren't you and it was part of the policy if whatever the customer is always right so you just don't say anything about the dog taking a giant crap you just go clean it up and it's insanity it's just insanity Thanks for your call, Laura. Um, I, I will tell you this. I've been going because I had father-daughter dates every night uh, with, my, with my daughters, my wife, and my, my grandchild. And uh, so I get in dressed, I'll get all dressed up, and I take my kids out one at a time. Uh, and because it's a family tradition now, don't start this tradition. It never ends. When it started spreading to my granddaughter, I'm like, wait, that wasn't part of the deal. Anyway, so uh, you so I was going to a different show every night, and let me just give you a, a couple of, if you're thinking about coming to New York, whatever you do, don't see Frozen. Don't see it. Now, I know you don't need that advice, you know, of let it go. Just let it go. I know you don't need that advice, but in case you're thinking about it, it's like Disney has just given up. It's like Disney is like, 
they'll buy anything. I mean, they'll pay money to see anything. And then when they get into that room and they're trapped, we're going to sell them. We're going to sell them some gloves for 35 bucks that don't, that aren't even in the movie. They're just used on the stage. And then the kids are going to beg and I got gloves, and they'll buy them anyway. It's a torture chamber. That's what Frozen is. It's a torture chamber. Then the next night I went to see Beautiful. Uh, which is um, my daughter wanted to see it. I had seen it in Los Angeles. It's the story of Carol King. I love Carol King's music and her her backstory uh, of when she was writing music. She, I mean, she's written so many famous songs that you had no idea that she had any uh, any part of. And it's a great story, but it's eh, I don't know. Maybe it was I was still pissed off about Frozen. Then. Uh, then we went to Moulin Rouge. How I didn't see this one coming. Moulin Rouge is uh, a movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I really love it because Baz Luhrmann is a, he's a genius. And it's a really risky movie that you either love or you hate. And it's not like, it's not like Princess Bride. Princess Bride is a movie that people either get it or they don't. And if you don't get it, I'm not friends with you. Okay, this is it's one of those things you could be on a first date before you even spend a dime at dinner. You just say, hey, I'm here to pick you up. And uh, you like Princess Bride? If they say no, say good luck to you. Good luck. Okay, and move on. Uh, This is this is a movie that says to me, we're friends. But how friendly are we? If you don't get this movie and you don't see the beauty in it, eh, okay, we're friends, but we're never going to be really close. I went to see the show with my daughter because she really wanted to see it, Hannah. And I'm in the theater, and it's nothing but stage stuff and and an excuse for Broadway to dress men as women. That's really all this is. It's like, hey, we can do anything now. Okay, great. That's fantastic. And it's a beautiful stage and blah, blah, blah. But it's just, it's relentless. And it's going to, it's going to run on Broadway forever. It's already a hit. It hasn't really even officially opened. And it's just because it is the elite, elite saying, we hate everything about America. That's all it is. Uh, and so, and, and I'm sitting there and one of the elites, um, is looking at me. I think I told this story earlier. One of the elites is sitting there and she's just looking at me and her husband is staring us down. And I know it's because she either hates me cause she recognizes me or she thinks I'm like a, a Jeffrey Epstein who is, you know, dating this 20 year and she's just looking at me like, Oh, you are sick dating that 20 year old woman, you know, and as I watch her, I, I, you know, I kind of like, I kind of cuddle up to my daughter, like, Hey, yeah. Um, and, and so then she says to me at the intermission and I, I, I chose the Christ like route and I didn't, you know, say the things I wanted to say, like, yeah, yeah, no, this is my hot date. She's 25 and she is great in the sack. Instead, when the lady says, so tell me, is this a special date? I said, yeah, um, 
it's a father-daughter date. She changes, and she's like, oh, that's wonderful. And then she goes into her elitism and says, so what have you seen this season? And I said, well, I'm not from here, so, uh, you know, uh, nothing. And she said, oh, well, I mean, this season, what have you seen? And I'm like, okay, well, this week I saw Frozen, which was like a dagger to her. And I looked at her, and she was like, oh, oh, my gosh. And I said, it was horrible, right? She said, oh, yes. Now, I don't even think she saw it. She just knew. She didn't need to be told, let it go. It's the one time I've ever agreed with somebody who is an elite in New York. And then I said, uh, you know, and then we saw Carol King, and she was like, oh, that's not even music. And then I really put the dagger in her heart. I said, and I'm going to see wicked with my, uh, one of my younger daughters. And, uh, she, she almost started vomiting at that moment, but I will tell you, I went to wicked and it's a great story. If you've never seen it, it's worth it. It's closing this year. It's really a great story, but a couple of things happened. First of all, that's where my people are. My people are at wicked and they were so great as I walked in, I saw a bunch of people, and they were just—they would look at me like, and they just smile. They'd be like, "Yeah, how you doing?" And I just looked back. I'm doing good. And uh, and so we'd walk through, and people would come up to me, and they would say, "I know you're on your father daughter date. We just wanted to say hi." It was so cool. Everybody was so cool, just so cool. But I'm sitting there, and because we're in New York, I go everywhere with a protector, and so. This guy is sitting next to a, uh, to us. Um, he's he's the chief of our detail, and he's sitting right next to us. And uh, about halfway through, I said, "What do you think?" And you know, this is a guy who, you know, is pretty good at killing people. I mean, that's what that's what his job was in the in the uh, uh, in the special forces. And so he's uh, you know. He's not exactly the guy who usually goes to Broadway. And I said, what do you think? And he said, uh, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and I'm thinking, if you can't follow this one, dude, you know, maybe you shouldn't be the guy. Ah, gun. Is that bad or good? Uh, and so I said, you, you don't understand it. And he said, well, you know, my childhood. And he had a really tragic childhood. He said, so I never watched any TV, and I've never seen any movies, so I've never seen The Wizard of Oz. And that was just such a bizarre concept to me. I'm thinking, I mean, I think Osama bin Laden saw The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> How did you not, you didn't see The Wizard of Oz, and I'm trying to explain it to him in two minutes before the second half starts, and I'm like, okay, so... Uh, a little girl, she's got a dog named Toto. She, she's, think how crazy this sounds. Picked up by a tornado and her house crashes down on a witch and her shoes uh, are taken because she's got to go on the yellow brick road and the lady comes down in a bubble and she gives her the shoes, but she doesn't know the power of the shoes and the, and the other witch's feet curl up underneath uh, the, and then they get on and they meet a scarecrow and he's like, what the hell? And the curtain's starting to come up. Okay. It was, Bizarre, bizarre. I still think, I still think if you haven't seen The Wizard of Oz, I don't, I don't trust you entirely because you might be a spy. And I don't know who you're spying for because, again, I think even the enemies of our state have seen the freaking Wizard of Oz. So as I'm sitting there and I'm talking to one of the elites at Moulin Rouge, 
she says, oh, well, those are you seen. I said, what would you recommend? And she said, oh, you've got to go to Hadestown. And I'm thinking to myself, I think she just told me to go to hell. You've got to see Hadestown. And I said, uh, Hadestown? And she said, yes, it's the Greek myth. Okay. <laughs> About Orpheus. You know, Orpheus and uh, uh, Persephone. And I want to say to her, it's Persephone, okay? It's Persephone. Uh, but but I didn't. And I'm, I was like, you know, when she said it's Orpheus and the Greek, I just went, oh, yeah, yeah. Like I've been reading, like, like I was just reading that in the bathroom before I got here. Uh so we went to it last night because we did some research on it, and Tanya and I went to it last night. It is worth every penny that you would pay. Uh, if I would have if I would have seen that the first night, I would have taken my children to that every single night. Um, and I thought, you know, we went with some friends, um, the one who chose the Christ like you know attitude on the elevator, and so we're going to Hades Town, and they're very Christ like, and so they they said. They said, do you know anything about this? And I, and they're texting because they got seats. You know, we were up in the nosebleed. I needed a Sherpa to be able to find my seat. It was the rake of this theater. If I, I was like in the fifth row in the upper balcony. And I swear to you, if I would have tripped, I would have landed on the stage. It was, it was I, I needed mountain climbing pants. Anyway. Uh, so they're sitting, they're sitting away from us, and um, and they said, "So do you know, you know, anything about this?" And I said to Tanya, "I said it's about hell in New York. I don't think this is a safe zone." And uh, it was it was clean the entire way through. It was really, really. It was great. It was really intelligent, but it wasn't talking down to you. It, it, you could just enjoy it. Um, you have to know a little bit about the myth, but it's there in the brochure, and it is, it is so good. It was so good. That's, that's what Broadway should be like. Um, unfortunately, I have a feeling I was surrounded by people who are far, far better than me. Uh, and, uh, uh, so, uh, if you buy tickets, make sure you buy them in the cheap nosebleed seats because the people, uh, the people who are, uh, down on the orchestra level, uh, they think that, uh, they are above you. And, uh, when you buy the cheap seats, you can clearly say to them, uh, shouting from the balcony. Oh, really? Uh, you. Are beneath me, <laughs> and uh, and of course, if it gets really ugly, you could just start tumbling down the stairs, and you could take out about ten of them <laughs> if you're a big enough man, which I am. All right, back in just a second. All right, we've seen the video of thieves grabbing packages on the news. That's the, those are called porch pilots, uh, uh, pirates, and the thefts have grown to the point where Texas has just enacted legislation. You can now be sent to jail for ten years if you're stealing stuff off of people's porches, which might be a little stiff. But I, I knowing Texas, they were thinking ten years. 
or I say was string them up and hang them. Uh, so 10 years is probably pretty good in Texas. Texas leads the way in personal freedom and the rule of law. And uh, if you don't like it, well, maybe you should get the hell out of Texas. Uh, you can fight back now, even without being in Texas, with Simply Safe. Simply Safe is there to protect your whole home, including your front porch. With Simply Safe, every inch of your home is blanketed with an army of sensors. Video doorbell watches over your porch. Entry sensors cover every door and every window. Motion sensors, glass break sensors, you name it. Simply Safe has it, and their professional monitoring and lightning fast police dispatch. No contract, no hidden fees, $15 a month. Easy to install. If I can do it, believe me, you can do it. Simply Safe Home Security, the home security that will keep you and your front porch and your family safe. Just go to simplysafebeck.com, get an exclusive uh, deal of a free HD camera. That's a $100 value. Now by going to simplysafebeck.com, order your system now and get the free HD camera, simplysafebeck.com. Hey, Charlie Kirk is going to be on with us uh, today, founder and president of Turning Point USA. Bill O'Reilly is uh, also going to be a, a part of the program in just a few minutes. I can't wait to hear uh, from Mr. Bill O'Reilly. He lives about, well, well with traffic, uh, probably about 14 hours away. But he lives just in <laughs> Long Island, which is just right across the river. And uh, I asked him, I said, come on into the studio. And he said... No, no. But if <laughs> what you a surprise! Out, you want to come out to the house? You can come out to the house. And I said, no, no. How about we just call each other on Friday? And he said, okay, if we have to. And I said, exactly, exactly. So he's going to be on with us uh, in all of his uh, cheeriness, his pleasant, usual pleasant yes, self. Coming up next. I'm Hillary. That's your four minute buzz. And now here's Glenn and Pat with the next hour of the show. Thank you so much. Um, appreciate it. Got a big, uh, big uh, rest of the show here for you. Uh, and uh, Bill O'Reilly is coming up next. I want to talk to you about our sponsor. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. This is kind of a sponsor, but it's also my company. Uh, and they're real estate agents that I trust. We vet every single one of these real estate agents. Uh, we vet them to make sure that they're the best in the community. They are the best um, at what they do. There's no rookies. There's nobody doing this part-time. They have your values. They're fans of the show. Uh, and you have to walk away saying, I trust this person. Only hire them if you trust them because you have to have trust with your agent. You have to know that they are setting the price of the house uh, at the right price to get it sold and that they know what they're doing. You have to trust them in the negotiation uh, process. You know, you want to make sure that this person is really the best and is working for you. This is the largest investment that most people make in their lifetime. Make sure you get the best person to represent you, whether you're buying or selling a home. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now, realestateagentsitrust.com. They're going to get your home sold, and they're going to get you into a new house. No matter where you are moving to a new area, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. They'll help you find the right neighborhood. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. 
Boy, there's a there's a lot going on. We have Nancy Pelosi at the throat of AOC, and I mean they're eating themselves, and it's wonderful to watch. Iran seems hell bent on a war with the United States. Uh, also, the British ambassador said, oh, 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 "Oh, Donald Trump is is just a Neanderthal." Will things start to change with um, with England once Boris Johnson gets in? Because I think Boris Johnson and uh, Donald Trump are going to get along famously. Also, the big story was Jeffrey Epstein. And this is seemingly working out really well for Donald Trump, I think. Uh, And it could expose everyone in the Democratic Party as real, true monsters. We go there with Bill O'Reilly in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So Tecovis is a, a new sponsor of the program, and I have Tecovis boots. I'm wearing Tecovis boots today. You can wear them. You can wear them out in a, in a ranch, and you wear them in New York City just to say who you are. Uh, if you're a boot lover, you know that boots can be um, really expensive. I mean, just too expensive. Just too expensive. Uh, if you want nice boots, you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for them. I mean, well, maybe because you get a half off. If you've already paid one leg, you only need one boot. Anyway, um, Tacovis boots are absolutely fantastic. They come in lizard and alligator and ostrich, exotic leathers, but they also just make them in regular leather, and they are made to fit your foot right out of the box. You don't. They're going to be comfortable the minute you put them on. Tacovis boots. They also make the belts and the handbags and the wallets and the, you know, shoulder bags and everything else. Anything out of leather they make. Um, they have great jeans as well. You can really kind of outfit yourself uh, with Tacovis. They're great prices and great products made uh, by a couple of guys here in uh, here in Texas where they just got together and said, OK, we love boots and we know people love boots. But they want to wear them, you know, with a suit, and they might want to wear them also out on the ranch. How can we make this affordable and still have them handmade? Well, they cut out the middleman. So now you can order them online. They make it really easy, free shipping, free returns. It's completely risk-free because Tacovis they have this, I don't know, they have this small town or small business mentality that the customer is always right. That's one of the things I've missed being here in New York is the customer is always right. Or how about this one? The customer isn't invisible or a pain in the ass. I can't tell you how many people we've run into and they're like, these people, you come into the store and they're like, oh, what? What do you want? You're like, are you're getting paid to be here, right? And You knew this was part of the job to talk to people. Anyway, uh, they're nothing like that. At Tacovis, you are right. Great boots. They feel great. They're at a great price. Tacovis, T E C O V A S dot com. Tacovis dot com slash Beck. Go there now. Kind of some ominous. Scary music because the one, the only, Mr. Happy Pants himself, Bill O'Reilly, joins us. Hello, Bill. Happy Boots. 
I'm going to get yeah, some of those boots, boots back. To you too. Yeah, you sold that pretty well. I'm gonna, Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I would get them. You know, and if I would pay extra if they would insert themselves in people's butts for me, so I didn't have to do it. I could just. <laughs> eh. Anyway, uh, how you doing, Bill? I'm uh, the same, which is tragic for everyone. You know that. <laughs> were you always, as a kid, were you miserable? Uh, no, I was a, I was a happy kid, uh, Jerry Mathers-like, a Beaver Cleaver kind of kid. Um, really? I did, I did beat up what Wally happened? on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to you, Bill? I mean, you had great success. You you're very popular and... And yet yeah. you, you're you just a get-off-my-lawn kind of guy. No, no. I like the urchins on the lawn. Um, it's just anybody over 25 can't go on the lawn. Um, no, I'm a, a realist, and uh, just looking at the world the way it is is a, a little yeah. draining these days. Yes, it is. So, Bill, I want to talk to you about Jeffrey Epstein. First of all, do you know him? Do not. Okay. I don't uh, hang, it seems everybody I don't hang in, in circles. Yeah. I mean, look. No, I, no, guy, I know that. I had dinner with a guy last night who's a friend of his. Um, mm. And I didn't know that. I mean, I was talking to this guy about other things. He's a political player. Um, but mm. this guy, um, he ran in a lot of circles that merge entertainment with politics. There's a guy named Ron Burkle out in Los Angeles. Um, he does that. They basically are very wealthy people with a fleet of private jets. They ferry people around the world um, for various reasons. Um, I am, as you know, a guy who doesn't comment unless I really know what happened. But I can tell you this. Uh, they have so much on this guy they being the feds in Manhattan in the lower uh, lower Manhattan, the Southern District, you know, he's looking at probably 15 to 20, and they'll get him. I will tell you, Bill, that will, he'll die in prison, I bet, uh, if it's at that point. Um, I, I will tell you, being in Manhattan this week, everyone, everyone is talking about it in the upper circles. Everybody well, is talking link, about it. Yeah, they're trying to link politicians into him. Um, I did look at that vis-a-vis President Trump. Um, I talked to an attorney in uh, southern Florida who is very uh, conversant with the victims down there coming forth. Mm -hmm. Now, there is a court filing on the record that says that Trump uh, in the early 2000s expelled Epstein from Mar-a-Lago. That's on the record. I um, for this I have to tell you, people. Bill. I think right. I think that Donald Trump not only is looking good in this because of that, he immediately expelled Epstein from his club when he found out he had preyed on a uh, uh, yeah on a woman, you know, a teenager, girl. right? Um, and uh, immediately expelled. Uh, they're trying to tie it into him, but I think he's. I think there's a strong possibility. Um, even though he's, you know, been with Epstein before, that he is clean on this. I'm going to go a step further. I would love to hear your opinion on that. This may have actually kind of been pushed by uh, Donald Trump in some way because you know they say uh, they say what is his name Acosta 
is, um, you know, pardon him. Did you see what the reporter actually said that's not getting a lot of play? The reporter said, the one who started this and been following it since the early 2000s. This is the um, Miami Herald reporter? Yes, and she, she came out this week and she said uh, what people really need to understand is uh, he was asked about this by the Trump campaign. Uh, you know, how did you give this sweetheart deal? And, mm-hmm. the, and he said that it was because he was told by uh, po- the politically elite above him that uh, to leave it alone, the guy was an intelligence operative. Now, I don't Look, believe I, I that he was an intelligence operative. Yeah, I can't comment on any of that because I haven't been able to confirm it. And I'm not really working the story hard. Um, it, not that I just have other things to do, but I think that in America, it is true. If you are a billionaire, you can spread money around and get lenient treatment in our criminal justice system. I believe that's true. I believe that, uh, people who make that accusation are accurate. I've seen it myself and, uh, it's very bad. And if anything comes well, out, they are this, looking the the division that is the division that is working with the FBI uh, on this and the and the uh, uh, Southern New York officials uh, is the uh, corruption division. Yes, that, so that's it's not just the, the cru- it's right. right. It's, so it's not it's, deck. it's not the uh, it's not the uh, rank and file prosecutors. It's the and it's not the integrity. sex crimes division exactly. only. Right. It's public yes. integrity. So I don't right. think there's any doubt that you're going to see more on this story and that it may have a um, chilling impact on the Democratic Party because it seems that they were far more involved with Epstein than the Republican Party. However, that's speculation. So now let me let me ask you this. Doesn't this show a pattern of the Democrats that they're going to have start to have a hard time if this comes out and there are big Democrats involved in this? Um, isn't this aren't they going to have a hard time with the Me Too movement, seeing that one of their big donors was Harvey Weinstein and everyone knew about him? And the other one on this coast was Jeffrey Epstein and everyone they called his plane the Lolita Express. Everyone knew it, and they still took money and invited him and tolerated him. What division, does that say about the... Well, there's a division, okay? And, and there always has been a division. So there are um, sincere people who believe that American society tolerates behavior that it shouldn't. And they have a right to go out and make their case in the strongest possible way. But there are other people who use these cases for political reasons and witch hunt it. And we saw that with Kavanaugh. That is the most dangerous example that I can give anyone of how you take an injustice and then compound it a hundred times by a far larger injustice. It's a new book out by Molly Hemingway that gets into uh, Dr. Ford. I'm not, I didn't check out Hemingway's uh, research, so I'm not going to repeat it. But I said from the very beginning 
This was a witch hunt that almost destroyed Kavanaugh and his family. Kamala Harris drove it. Cory Booker drove it. The New York Times drove it. So they used a legitimate issue, okay, and they spun it around to destroy political opponents. So that this is a very complicated issue that Americans should think about very seriously. When I see this Kamala Harris, I see what she did in that Kavanaugh hearing. Okay, I could never vote for her for anything, ever. This is a dangerous woman. So you, you let, let's let's change this uh, subject slightly and talk about what we should be talking about. We should be looking for the predators, but the injustice of these women. I've, I've, had, I've had people come and say, well, I don't know if I believe it. I mean, why wouldn't they come out and say it? Oh, I don't know. It, the guy was friends with everyone. He was a billionaire. Uh, everyone. You think they're going to believe you over the voice of a former president who's like, no, Jeffrey's a good guy. They're not going to believe you. And so this this hurts the, by not exposing this and not going all the way on this, this hurts anyone who has been a victim of sexual abuse because it, it just reinforces they're not going to believe you. Well, it's horrible. The federal government, if, if they did indeed botch the original case in Florida, as the Miami Herald uh, contends, and it looks like the evidence, you know, a cost is pretty is overwhelming. Out. Yeah, a cost yeah. is out. All right, so... So it looks like that happened. Um, the federal government is trying to right that wrong now, and that's a good thing. But if you know history, you know that powerful people in politics and entertainment particularly have gotten away with an unbelievable stuff um, oh, yeah. because they have the money and the, and the access to right. do whatever they wanted to do. I think the question is... Uh, yeah, that was going to say. That's the real question. Is yeah, this and going is to, end? to an end now? And that's a good thing. I think that's great. That's a very good thing. Thank you. All right. Back in just a second with more with Bill O'Reilly. Uh, first, our sponsor is X chair. I cannot wait to get back to my home studio where I have an X chair. This chair is probably an expensive chair and it's a piece of crap. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's the kind of stuff that everybody, you know, has for an office chair and it doesn't support you. It doesn't adjust. I mean, it has an up and down adjustment and then it has a, you know, thing that you can turn so you don't fall backwards so fast. Uh, but that's pretty much it. An X chair has 10 different adjustments and I'm telling you, it is like hand in glove X chair. Try it yourself for 30 days. If you don't like it, ship it back. It's no big deal. They know you're going to like it. This would bankrupt any company that was like, yeah, we got a great chair. You're going to love it. And everybody's starting to ship it back. They'd be bankrupt overnight. This is a great chair that you're going to love. Try it for 30 days. If you don't think it's true, if you're like, no, you know, it's not that great, ship it back. $100 off now at xchairbeck.com. And if you use the promo code XWheels, they're going to upgrade the wheels, these really super great wheels. It's xchair, xchairbeck.com. They have one that fits every budget and every body. xchairbeck.com. Call 844-4X-CHAIR. 844-4X-CHAIR or xchairbeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID.
let me uh, let me change uh, because you were just overseas, um, and uh, I think you went to Germany. Were you were you over in England at all? No, I was not in England. Um, I went to uh, Germany and Austria, combination business pleasure, and I wrote a brilliant column, and I hope you read it. Uh, called the plan. oh my gosh, did I ever? Okay, I've read it. And um, while I was in Germany. Um, I had uh, very high-level meetings. I love those high-level meetings. Um, uh-huh. And I did a very astute analysis of the tax system there, um, which is what the Democratic Party wants here. But they won't tell you. I that. wish you weren't. I, I really wish you weren't as humble as you are. Uh, you know, I have to say these things. I'm like, I'm like Trump in that regard, to get your attention back. I know. Because you're old no, and you I know. drift no, away. I know. You drift away. Yeah, no, so I, I no, I'm, like I'm, that, I get you back. Uh, All right. That's right. Okay, so so what, what, what was the point of this beautifully, wonderful, <laughs> best-written piece of all time? What was the, the point, point of it again? That, okay, I'm in Munich, Germany. And Munich could be in any state, USA, minus the language yeah. in the old buildings. People live exactly okay. the same in there as we live in the United States. They have a BMW. They live in small homes or apartments, not expansive like some people live here. But they go to work. They work hard. They're industrious. And after their weekly paycheck, they have no money left over. Nothing. Okay? The government takes right. everything. They keep them in beer and cigarettes. You can have your little wine. You can have your BMW. You can have uh, your little later hosen whatever you want, but you can't have anything left over to put in the bank and invest. And that makes it impossible for German workers to improve their status. So your son and grandson is going to be the same as you, all right, because the government takes it all. And I break it down so that even Stu could understand it. I mean, I just... It was amazing to me, and I had a guide. I hired a guide who was, like, furious about this. And, of course, the underground economy cash that they don't declare is all over the Germany, all over it. So, you know, it's, what's weird, Bill, is, you know, you, you started out, I was listening, you started out saying, you know, this is the same thing that's happening here in America. I don't know if you saw the uh, Washington Post story from David Montgomery on AOC's Chief of Change, and he's talking about a meeting between her chief of uh, chief, chief of staff uh, is this the and millionaire uh, Sam Texas Ricketts. Guy? Is this the millionaire? No, no, no. Guy? Okay, that's no, 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 no. This is okay. right, but this is the this is uh, uh, what's his name? Saikot uh, Chakrabarty, um, who is her is her sugar daddy when it comes to politics. Right. Um, he is chief of staff. He helped her get elected, et cetera, et cetera. She, um, he was meeting with the climate director for the uh, Washington governor, Jay Inslee. And it's a it's a it's a it's an article about their conversation. And it is amazing. Um, Chakrabarty had an unexpected disclosure. He said the interesting thing about the new Green Deal, this is a quote, it wasn't originally a climate thing at all. Ricketts greeted the startling notion with an attended poker face. Did you guys think of it as a climate thing? Because we really think of it as a how you change the entire economy thing. And it goes into how they are talking. And it's, it's, I don't know if this is written as a bad thing or not. It's the Washington Post. But it's horrifying where they're just talking about, yeah, you know, we cloaked it as a climate thing. But it really has nothing to do with that. And, and Inslee's people say, well, I know. And 
it's good because it included the climate, which we have to do. But this whole system needs to be destroyed. We need to That's end right. the free market. And it's well, amazing how open they are. Just this week, France uh, passed a tax on anyone flying out of that country. You've got to pay 18 euros, which is about 25 bucks, just to leave on a plane. All right. And they say this is the environmental tax. Now, you look at France and you go, this isn't going to do anything for the environment at all, anywhere. This is just another sneaky way to take as much money as you can from anybody on your soil. So that's what's happening here. Okay, we're going to continue with uh, Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. He's got a great book coming out this fall about Donald Trump. You want to pre-order it right now, just go to the Bill O'Reilly page at Amazon.com and order it now. BillOReilly.com is also where you will find his his daily rant, you know, and his and his happy corner. Uh, it's quite a happy place. You're BillOReilly.com. Okay, uh, let me tell you about Simply Safe. Uh, porch pirates are going to be uh, facing uh, felony charges in Texas. Anyone caught stealing a package from a home is going to do serious time, up to 10 years. Texans will have justice and they'll have law and order. But this kind of law isn't everywhere. So if you, you, you know, you're protecting your home, you got to protect your front porch as well, which is why I recommend Simply Safe. Simply Safe offers whole home protection around the clock. It's easy to install. You own the system. When you move, it moves with you, and there's no pushy salespeople. With Simply Safe, every inch of your home is blanketed with an army of sensors. A video doorbell watches over your porch. Entry sensors cover every door and window. You get motion sensors, glass break sensors, everything you need, all connected to Simply Safe's 24/7 professional monitoring and lightning fast police dispatch these are the guys i trust and i think you should do your own homework you're going to trust them as well for home security it's simplysafebeck.com go there now get a free hd camera simplysafebeck.com get glenn mark levin steven crowder me pat gray all in one location use the promo code glenn for ten dollars off at blaze tv.com slash glenn Welcome to the program, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Uh, by the way, uh, Bill, it's nice of you. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to see you tonight at Carnegie Hall, where my daughter is performing. Very, very nice. Very impressive. I hope she does well. I'm out here in uh, eastern Long Island, staring at the ocean right yeah, but now. Only... But if I were closer, yes. I would certainly come in. It's not like I'm asking you to come across the country. I mean, she's performing now. When I say she's performing, she's she was kind enough not to say... You know, she said, please don't put my name even in the title. You know, in fact, tuck me into the back, you know, of one of, you know, in the in one of just any row of this uh, this giant choir. Uh, so she doesn't, you know, she didn't want to well, stick out. A, so you probably listen, uh, if you haven't been to Carnegie her, Hall, but... listeners haven't been there. It's at probably the uh, most iconic uh, concert hall in the country. And so anybody performing there will remember that the rest of their life. Yeah. I just thought, as a friend, you should be there. But, and back if you um, anyway, so, me earlier, I certainly would have gone. Uh, but you did. Oh, I know, I know, I know. You're too busy. You're, you're, you know, know. I'm like <laughs> an afterthought on Fridays. Um, you know, no, no, I, no, no heads no, up. That's fine. Like that. Mm-hmm. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. 
you know, there's two performances tomorrow as well. But anyway, um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Iran. What the hell is happening with Iran? Are they are they do they want war? No, I don't think they want war, but they're trying to uh, this is called, uh, you know, saber rattling wag the dog. You know, there was a movie called Wag the Dog with Dustin Hoffman. Mm -hmm. Their economy is so bad. And the people are so restive um, that the mullahs are really frightened they're going to be overthrown. And the only way they see that they can keep their power is to, you know, inflame some kind of conflict with America and the West and Israel. So that the Iranian people, the Persian people say, oh, yeah, they're the bad guys and they're the fault. That's why we have a terrible economy. It's them. This is what it is. And so, to me, um, the Iranians are going to go up to a line and they'll stop. But if they don't stop, I can guarantee you that Donald Trump will launch some bombings in that country and, you know, put a hurt on them pretty quickly. Yeah, the press is trying to make um, Donald Trump into a warmonger. He's been against every war that we have fought yeah, in the Middle East, not. I think, forever. Biden he is, is not the to, guy yeah, who wants Biden. war. Biden is trying to use this. Um, keep your eye on Biden. Biden is a really interesting guy. They're setting they, the f- radical left, which despises Biden, wants him out of the race. They're setting Biden up to be a racist. All right, They did it again this week. Um, that Biden doesn't like blacks and his voting record in the Senate was anti-black. You're going to see that thrown at him in the next debate. But Biden, to counter, is basically saying, I'm the smart guy on foreign policy. I'd get back into the Paris Peace Accords on global warming, and I would get back to negotiating with the Iranians and get everything back calmed down like we had it under the Obama administration. That's where Biden... And that's why the left... Right, and that's why the left doesn't like him because they really are a burn it to the ground. Let's start our final, you know, socialist state. And they don't see him as an agent of change. They see him uh, like a Macron, uh, yeah, where it's just going to be usual. more of the same. And that's who Biden is. Biden doesn't want to burn the system it down. Is. The system right. gave Biden fifteen million dollars in the last two years. And right. Biden, I, I used to track Biden's charitable givings, and which were nothing. In 2016, mm-hmm. he gave five. He and his wife gave five thousand dollars to charity. I mean, it's ridiculous. But as soon as he figured out he might want to run again, then he gave a mill. The next year in 17, mm-hmm. he kicked a million in charity. He was, he's, come on, Joe, he's trying to figure. But anyway, Biden doesn't want to burn the system down because Biden has exploited the system to the nth degree. Um, right. However. Um, Biden is going to come now as the statesman, and I can uh, make the world like America again, and I can deal with the mullahs, and I can deal with climate change and all this. So that's where he's going. Well, I have to tell you, um, I think if they don't go with Biden, they don't really have a chance. No, uh, and if they do go with Biden, I don't think they have a chance, only because I don't think the left is going to rally around joe biden they, they are on the latter i i think that a bargain is going to be made fairly early that is going to be biden harris ticket okay and then biden is going to tell the chieftains of the democratic party i'm only going to do one term 
and you're going to get Kamala. Okay? That's what I think is going to happen. Now, they'll never admit it. You'll never see it. But I am almost positive that's how it's Yeah, that makes shape. sense. Okay? That makes sense. So Kamala but gets the, the second, and then Biden is going to do one term and then go back to Biden land, which is in Delaware. Um, so then, so, so help me out that. on how this is, help me out on how this is going to play out, though, with, I mean, right now, it is out and out war with AOC and Nancy Pelosi. But it's not, because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has no power at all, none, zero. She can't do anything other than get media attention. Okay, I mean, if you think that she has power, then you think Whoopi Goldberg has power. It's the same thing. Cortez will be on the view within five years. I can guarantee it. Yes, true. All right. Yes, true. So she has no power. However, she is she is a cultural icon right now with many on the left. So what? Nancy Uh, culture culture leads politics. You know that culture leads politics. Beck, you're out of your mind. This is so ridiculous. This whole thing is contrived. Nancy Pelosi has all the power in the House of Representatives because she says to the Democrats, unless you vote the way I want you to, we're not going to give you any money to run for re-election. You've got to run every two years. So 90% of the Democrats say, yeah, Nancy, I need your money. I'll do anything you want, anything. That's how it's run. There are four that don't need her money. Ocasio-Cortez doesn't need a dime from the Democratic infrastructure because Hollywood and the far-left loons will fund her. And the other three, um, Omar, whatever their names, the the Muslim ladies, they don't need her. So (laughs) they can say whatever they want, all right? But they don't have I agree with you. Wait, 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 Bill. I agree with you on all of this. But you're out of your mind if you don't think that they are a cultural icon now for the uber left um and especially those under 30 this is culture that's a sliver of the american people they can't look when ocasio cortez says that we have concentration camps on the southern border while i'm standing in the middle of dachau okay I'm uh, this Americans know this is insane. Now, is there a cadre of people that follow what she says and believe it? Yes, but it's maybe two percent. She has no power. She's not going to ever do anything in the American government. She's just there to promote herself like Megan Rapino. They're the same person. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she'll be gone. So what Pelosi does is give her power. Pelosi's bestowing power on her by, by engaging. Just ignore her. Who cares the way what she votes? She's a nut, all right? She's insane. And the press, of course, loves it. So here's, let me go back to this Washington, uh, Washington Post uh, article. Um, uh, they talk about the stu- uh, Ocasio-Cortez's guy and Ricketts, who is, you know, with Inslee. Uh, and um, they talk about, I like to show my cards and see the people reactions. 
I wanted to get a sense of where they're coming from. They seem open and hungry and want to do stuff. He's talking about people. In my mind, an ideal situation is we have a president surrounded by a bunch of people who are constantly thinking we could go bigger, bolder, faster. I don't know if Inslee's going to be president, which he's not, but if he runs a really good campaign, maybe he ends up running a big agency with the mindset he's going to uh, bring something big. He said, we've got a completely different theory of change, which is you do the biggest, most badass thing you possibly can, and that will excite people. And then they're going to vote because the reality is our problem isn't that more people are voting Republican than Democrat. Our problem is most people who would vote Democrat aren't voting because they don't have a vision for America. So their idea is people are getting primed for change on both sides. And I believe this to be true. They're being primed that this system doesn't work and we've got to change now. I would say we've got to reset back to our constitution, et cetera, et cetera. But others will say, no, we're going to, you know what? We're going we're gonna to do clean jobs and we're going to have this big, big vision. And a lot of people, because it will be culturally acceptable, will go in that direction. And that's the power of AOC. If the media didn't prop her up, she wouldn't have anything. Jay Inslee is point, yes. is polling at 0.7%. He won't even I get agree. over 1%. The American public, by and large, do not want radical people in power. That's not going to change anytime soon. Okay? So they can huff and puff and blow the house down, but it's not going to matter. This is a totally media-driven phenomenon, this Ocasio-Cortez, 100%. All right? Her district, if you go to her district, I mean, she's got 16,000 votes. It's crazy. But there is the danger if, if, if Americans, good people, bail out of the system, all right, and then go to their machines of, of which they're addicted, and did spend their whole life on their computers and their smartphones, then incrementally this, this will take on a threat. But Correct. it's not Correct. there now. Okay, real quick, I just want to ask you this. You know, we had the ambassador of Great Britain say horrible things about Donald Trump, and then right. he quit, which he should have. Um, uh, you know, an ambassador needs to be a diplomat. Um, but when you're looking at the future and it looks like Boris Johnson may be the next prime minister, Boris Johnson could be Donald Trump's Margaret Thatcher. I think they'd make a good team together. I don't know Free if you want to word it that way, um, but all I know is there will be many discussions about hair, okay, between Trump and Boris. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of hair stuff going on there'd right? be a lot of yes okay yeah they're both right. blonde okay it's both kind of out right. of control it's going a lot of different yeah. directions all right so they have a lot of okay well that's that's a that's an analysis that you would only get from bill o'reilly <laughs> the analysis that you would never expect bill o'reilly thank you so much all right always a pleasure guys thanks for having me in all right thank you bill o'reilly from bill Innovation is a wonderful thing.
technology advances and if, as we see what's right around the corner, it's going to be unbelievable when your refrigerator is keeping track what's inside of your refrigerator and you don't have to worry about making a list. The refrigerator's already done it through the Internet of Things. That's right around the corner, right around the corner. As soon as we have 5G, it's happening. Um, but also, when you have all of your appliances and everything reporting every detail, holy cow, is your privacy gone, permanently gone. So what do you do? There are so many threats that are happening in today's connected world. Forget about tomorrow, just today. All of your information is at risk. You need somebody to protect it and watch over and then solve the problem if you have a problem. It's lifelock.com. I want you to use the promo code back at lifelock.com. You're going to save 10% off your first year if you use promo code back. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but they were the first. They're the best. It's lifelock.com. 1-800-LIFELOCK. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Promo code back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, you and Bill were talking about the pay gap and uh, megan yeah. rapino from the soccer team is making such a big deal out of it now do you are you yeah, aware yeah. are you aware that the u.s women's soccer team a couple years ago this was in 2017 played a male uh-huh. team in dallas fc dallas they they came to dallas and they played FC a men's dallas. team they played a male t- well okay by men i mean uh, under 15 these are 13 and 14 year old boys and they played this <laughs> male team uh please please tell me and lost five to two not just oh. lost they oh. were crushed five to two by <laughs> by 14 now, year old boys that now the christ-like part of me <laughs> would say i don't know i I don't know what the Christ-like part of me would would have me say, and because I'm not really searching <laughs> right. real hard on what Christ would say about this, but yeah. the, the Glenn part of me would say, <laughs> "Yes, <laughs> I know." I couldn't believe when I when I heard this story. I'm like, "Okay, make sure, please tell me that's true. Please look it up and find it on it. It's in Newsweek. It's in CBS Sports. It's all over the place." Uh, tuning up for a game against Russia. They played FC Dallas under 15 boys academy. Oh, my God. And lost five to two. Can I tell you something? This is why there's not equal pay right. in that particular in that field. Who yes. wants to go see that? Uh, nobody. It's If they're being beaten by 13-year-old boys, I can go see that on a Saturday <laughs> for know. free with my kids. I know. And it, you kind know of, what I mean? it kind of explains the revenue. Uh, you know, the revenue for the Men's yes. World Cup was $6 billion. The revenue for the Women's World Cup was $131 million. There's, there's a disparity there. And it's kind of tough to overcome. Maybe if we have them... Maybe if they are wearing something kind of, you know, scantily clad, and they're kissing each other, more more men would go. But I think that's wrong, and Jesus would not want that to happen. No, he would not. No. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Well, the president had a social media summit at the White House, and it's being spun um, 
a lot of different ways. Uh, and what really happened? Charlie Kirk was there at the White House while this while this was going on. We will find out what happened at that meeting, who was there, why they were chosen, and what the solution is. He's got a great op-ed uh, that came out a couple of days ago or yesterday about how to fix the social media platforms, and that is to treat them as publishers, which they are. You start to edit. You're not a platform. You're, a, you're an editor. You are a, you're a publisher, and that means you can be sued for what's on your platform. That's That would change their stock price overnight. He's right about this. We talked to Charlie Kirk in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you are looking to buy or sell your home, you need somebody that you can trust. We have over a thousand agents that are active right now with realestateagentsitrust.com. We have another 5,000 who are on a waiting list waiting to join, but we want to make sure that they show a high sense of urgency. I mean, we respond to you uh, usually within the first five or 10 minutes. You go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com, and you say, hey, I'm this person, I'm in this area, and I need a great real estate agent. Usually with five or 10 minutes, you will be talking to somebody about what your needs are. Uh, I mean, unless you're doing it in the middle of the night. So they are they are looking to serve you, and they have a sense of urgency. They're professional. They return the calls. They do what they say they're going to do. They're experts in properly evaluating the value of the homes in their market. So whether you're buying or selling, if you're selling, they need to know what the price of that house should be to get you top dollar and to get that thing moving. Also, if you are buying a new house, they need to know this is what you can really get this for. They have to have a long track record of performance and success. Those are the things we're looking for. Those are the things you should be looking for in a real estate agent. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We've taken all of the work out of it for you and just presenting you with the best real estate agent in your area. That's where you have to do your homework to be able to say, no, this is a real estate agent I trust. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Charlie Kirk is a best-selling author. He was featured in Forbes magazine, The 30 Under 30, in 2018. He's the youngest speaker ever uh, at the 2016 Republican National Convention. He is an Eagle Scout. He started Turning Point USA, which is is now one of the biggest grassroots uh, organizations with 1,200 high school and college campuses nationwide blanketed. Uh, 150 full-time staff, and he's 24 years old. This guy is uh, quite amazing. Welcome to the program, Charlie Kirk. Thank you so much for having me, Glenn. Great honor. Thank you. Um, so, you know, Charlie, I posted something that you wrote to me when I was at Fox, and you were like 17, and you say, I'm speaking at tea parties and blah, 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 blah. And I read some of the comments after, and you have a lot of people that don't like you. And you tweeted something about me a couple of weeks ago 
And um, and I'm reading the comments underneath that. And there's a lot of people that don't like me. Um, uh, you're a, a very controversial person, as as I am. Tell me what your tell me what you feel like you are doing and why your work is important. Well, again, thank you for having me on the show. It's always a, a great honor. Uh, I mean, the kind of the main big picture of what I'm trying to accomplish and what we're trying to do at Turning Point USA is try to continue the most successful experiment in human history, which is the American experiment. Uh, there, there's no guarantee that this is going to continue. Uh, the Constitutional Republic that you know we're still enjoying to this day, but seems to be crumbling around us, there's no guarantee that that that, that this experiment will, will still be successful. And my focus is primarily on college and high school students that are not necessarily opposed to our ideas, but they're never exposed to them at all in the first place. And it is putting forth the ideas of individual liberty, limited government, constitution, American exceptionalism, you know, the ideas that were really birthed and rooted in the Scottish Enlightenment that have allowed the greatest civilization ever to exist in the, his, in the history of the world to have that permission to exist. Um, and it, it draws some critics, some people on the left and some people on the right that um, might not seem to think that there is a sense of urgency to save the country right now. And that's perfectly fine. That's how you know you're making a difference and you know that better than anybody else. But the main thesis of what we're doing is that there's an entire generation that instead of being thankful that they're living in America, they're angry that they're living in America. And there's, that's, there's, no, there's no way you can make an argument that is healthy for our country or for our society. So, Charlie, you were at this uh, meeting at the White House uh, where the president uh, brought in some uh, social media people. And the press is saying that these people are, are very controversial, and some of them are. Um, who was there and why and how were these people chosen? Well, I was there. Our good friend Lila Rose was there from Live Action. Um, our yep. friends from Prager University were there, Heritage Foundation. And there were some people that I haven't met before and I've seen some of their content online, definitely more in the creative space. But what I think is really promising about the kind of conservative movement is we don't all have to agree. We don't even all yep. have to agree on tactics at times. At times. It's almost as if the leftist media is attacking Donald Trump for not having everyone be exactly the same in the room, almost as if that's what they're used to. They're used to looking at a press pool where there's no disagreement whatsoever, which is completely mm-hmm. antithetical to what journalism and expression should be. And so I actually applaud the fact that not everyone in the room agrees on every issue or sees eye to eye on even the way to go about advancing those issues. Um, that, that's something that should be celebrated. But the, the insinuation that this is some form of a radical summit, nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, you have, so, someone, you know, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, no, I, I just to finish the point. I mean, there's people in there that are consistently attacked and misleading, you know, in a misleading way by the media for doing nothing more than investigative journalism or really exposing, you know, some of the biggest stories of our time. And I wouldn't call Lila Rose a radical. I mean, Planned Parenthood would call Lila Rose a radical. But that doesn't make her one. Uh, and certainly Prager is not. And Prager no. is is being, um, you know, his algorithms are all upside down to make sure people stay away from Prager University. So That's what? Right. 
what what came out of this meeting? Well, first, first and foremost, the fact the meeting happened in the first place is a really promising sign. It shows that the White House is listening in real time to the wants, needs, and concerns of the American people. I think this issue of tech censorship is one that has been given a much bigger platform over the last two, two and a half years than it was, you know, previous to that. And I, I think that the tech companies are 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 really unchecked and out of control in a lot of different ways. And whether it be the demonetization of Steven Crowder's videos or the restriction of Prager University videos on YouTube or Lila Rose not being allowed to advertise on Twitter while Planned Parenthood is. These sorts of isolated incidents, it shows an actual pattern. And so the big takeaway, first and foremost, is that this has really elevated this issue to the highest possible level and has definitely got the tech company's attention. And now the president even said that he wants to call the tech companies back in and have them answer some of these questions of why these individuals and why these voices are being suppressed. Uh, But even beyond this is that this has been, and I, this is where I really applaud the president. This has essentially been a third rail of politics issue for whatever reason that both parties have been perfectly fine with, you know, bending the knee to the Valley oligarchs and elites. And because Google, for example, is the most lobbied for company in the world. I mean, they have an amazing amount of K street lobbyists that advocate for them. So this was not necessarily something that, you know, the president will benefit from politically from the, you know, the wise men of Washington or the K street ruling class, but it's something that resonates with the American people and definitely put a lot of these social media oligarchs on defense. And I think it's, I think that's for the better. Let me, let me switch subjects. Um, uh, about Tommy Robinson, T- changed to Tommy Robinson. Uh, Wilkow was on with me. Andrew Wilkow was on yesterday. And uh, he was speaking about Tommy Robinson. And I don't know. I haven't spoken to Tommy Robinson, and I haven't done a lot of in-depth homework um, because it's over in England. And, you know, I see things on both sides and think, ah, that's kind of bad. And then other side, you know, other times I think, ah, no, I think he's being persecuted. But I'm not sure. Um, the Blaze just did a story on uh, Tommy Robinson. Uh, Tommy Robinson was not convicted of journalism. He was convicted of illegal immigration, assaulting a cop, and fraud. He's no hero. Uh, I don't. I haven't even had a chance to read this whole thing, um, and I don't know. I'd like to talk to Tommy myself and and ask him about some of these things. Do you know Tommy? And I know. Donald Jr. Uh, has come out and said, hey, we should, you know, we should at least consider what he's saying about coming here to America because he's facing jail time. Um, do you know him? What is your feeling on him? And, and sh- is this something that we should be considering? So I do not know him. And I, like you, am hearing very conflicting information on this story. And Correct. usually that goes to show me that the truth is somewhere in the middle of both of those things. Correct. Usually that that's just kind right. of comes from uh, experience there. I will say this though. I think w- what is really difficult for us Americans to understand is how the UK and Europe really don't appreciate free speech at all whatsoever or, or the freedom of the well, press. They don't have a first There's, amendment. Right. They don't, they don't. And I mean, the, the kind of Corbynite movement and, United Kingdom, led by Jeremy Corbyn, the leader of the Labor Party, is essentially 
his satellite cell is Bernie Sanders in the States. And so mm-hmm. I, what I'm, my point kind of where I'm talking about with Tommy Robinson and all of this is that it's a tough thing sometimes for Americans to digest saying, wait a second, Tommy was locked up last year for filming outside of a courthouse. And yes, there, there are laws about that in the United Kingdom, whether they're, I think they're totally incorrect. Um, and, but there, there is something that goes to show that if the left in this country gets their way and they want to make America Europe, I mean, you're going to have a completely different set of standards and rules. And I think that applies mm-hmm. in this case. And I can't speak to the other stuff in regards to Tommy. I, I, I read a similar article to that where someone talked about the illegal immigration and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I def- again, when you hear such conflicting information, I think the, the truth is somewhere in between there. Yeah, and I think it's it's both a frightening thing, but at the same time, a really good thing that I'm not willing to take other people's words for it. You know, I, I want to personally do my own homework and I want to talk to the person and I want to look at both sides myself before I judge it. And I think that's that's really good. That's what we didn't do. Really, I think many people didn't do on Kavanaugh. They were just... Uh, going along with their side until Kavanaugh really spoke out and the two were sitting there. And I think America figured out, I don't know. I can't, I can't be the guy who decides the guilt or innocence um, with a media trial. And I think that maybe this is good that we're a, a little wary of judging people uh, as good or bad. Would you agree with that? I, I totally agree. And, and, and look, the whole idea of due process and the idea of the cross-examination of witnesses and trial by jury is to try to remove kind of the trial by the mob. And, and this was something that was really rooted in English common law, which was trying to bring rationality and try to derive emotion away from right. sentencing. And, I, and we saw this with the Covington kids back in January. Let us not forget yep. how the media was so quick to indict a group of high school kids because they dared wear Make America Great Again hats, you know, on a, on a monument in Washington, D.C., while an agitator got up in, the face, in their face and started banging a drum. And all of a sudden, we were supposed to believe okay, these were the worst kids in the world. Uh, I've, I've only got about 40 seconds here. Can you just tell me, on your, your editorial about naming... Uh, these uh, the corporate, you know, Google, Facebook, etc. Naming them not platforms, but or uh, instead naming them publishers, which carry some real heavy uh, ramifications for those companies. Did you talk to Donald Trump about that? And is he interested in pursuing this? There was a question about it uh, yesterday, and he seems. I think he, like I, wants to try to find a a way to solve this without growing government. However, there yes. is kind of a, there was a sense and a tone, and this wasn't outwardly said, but it was kind of the subtext is if these tech companies continue the way they're, they're going, that there's going to be more and more options put on the table. I don't know if this can be done yeah. outside of the legislative branch, if it can be done executively, but I do think that the changes in the 602 code need to happen because these big tech companies yeah. are hiding behind the platform label when in reality they're acting mm-hmm. like news publishers. Exactly right. Charlie, thank you so much. We'll talk again. Charlie Kirk, founder and president of Turning Point USA, somebody who uh, is going to be around for quite a while. He is um, he is very, very sharp uh, and has built a 
very powerful organization, and he's 24. All right, sponsor this half hour is X Chair. I'm sitting not in an X Chair. And right now, because of the chair I'm sitting in, my back hurts. I don't, I'm not even up against the back of this chair. Even my legs hurt in this because of the seat. It sucks. You forget how uncomfortable chairs are once you have an X chair. And then whenever you're sitting in another chair, you're like, oh my gosh, I love my chair. X chair. Go to xchairbeck.com. Xchairbeck.com. Get $100 off. They have one that fits every body and every budget. All you have to do is is go to the website and look at all of the different chairs. They have the X Basic. They have the X1 through the X4. XChairBeck.com comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Try it. If you don't love it, ship it back. No questions asked. It's XChairBeck.com. That's 1-844-4X-Chair, 1-844-4X-Chair, or XChairBeck.com. We pause for 10 seconds. Station ID. Mr. Pat Gray has uh, joined us all week. Stu is uh, on vacation. Uh, we've appreciated Pat coming in all week. Thank you, Pat. Oh, you, absolutely. It was kind oh, of a, a dream joy come true. For you. Yeah, it was a joy. It really it was really, a joy. It's it been, really is. It's been it a joy. It really is. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So nobody's... remember when we just thought. Mm-hmm. You remember when we thought to, to ourselves and to each other, we would say to each other, man, I just hope we work together until, you know, until we just can't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And now we're just mm-hmm. like, I don't want to work anymore. I don't want to see anybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could call each right. other from time to time and laugh about the news, but. Yeah. No. Yeah. Those were the days that don't come back. It's kind of changed. I mean, it's it's gotten to the point where everything's so. uh Upside down serious. and inside out and serious. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hard to call yeah. and laugh about the news because it's not funny anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. Not well, it's funny. not. You know, the problem is, is it is it like you think to yourself, you know, I could laugh about this, but it could put us all in prison, right? <laughs> in the next ten years, that puts a damper and on my things. kids might be slaves. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The whole slavery thing kind of takes the humor out of it. Really which, does. Uh, kind of sucks. It it really yeah. it really does. Really does. Yeah. Been interested to hear. So, what do you have on your how, plate there? How many people uh, don't know what the deal is with this Tommy Robinson situation? I, I and I don't. I guess maybe maybe the one thing that tips the scales against Tommy Robinson for me is right here in the Blaze story today, and that's the fact that he appeared on the Alex Jones show. Well, that, okay. Well, yeah. that cinches it. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Yeah. Uh, there's something yeah. wrong there. Something wrong. <laughs> well, I, okay. I mean, Donald Trump also appeared on the uh, Alex Jones show. Yeah, yeah that was a mistake. Uh, I mean, that was a mistake. Yeah. I, I and, think he's corrected and, that. You know. Don't you? Because yeah. he hasn't been uh, on there in a couple of years. Uh, yes, I, I, I do believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I will tell you this. Uh, you kind of have to look at Tommy Robinson. You know, would you know whose show you're going on if you were, you know, going on a show and it wasn't the BBC? 
it was just some mm. podcast over in England? No, I wouldn't. Actually, no. Yeah, that's true. And you might do your homework, but if they were mm-hmm. controversial, you'd be like, "Well, I'm controversial too. I don't know." So I, yes. I just don't. Yeah, I just don't hard. know. And the problem is, there are so many people on both sides. There are people that pretend that they're progressives and they're absolute socialists. Uh, I mean, and a socialist meaning eventually we're going to get to communism. Um, you know, there are there are just snakes everywhere. You just don't know who people are, mm-hmm. and that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is, and it's it's another point in why nothing's funny anymore because you just don't know who to believe. You you don't know who to trust. You don't know who you can turn to, and you don't know what's even real anymore. Part of I know part of Tony Robinson's I, I, problem but, was he's he's been using all these fake videos and fake quotes on people. Uh, right. So, so did he know that? Yeah, right. Did he know that? Or is he part of that? We'll get into Tommy Robinson. I want to do some more homework, and we'll probably talk about that on Monday. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right. I want to tell you about uh, our uh Sponsor this half hour. It's Goldline. I've been telling you about Goldline for many, many years for uh, uh, you know a lot of different reasons. One, I've been doing business with them for a long time. They were, uh, I was a client of theirs long before they were a sponsor of mine. They have a sixty-year here uh, history of buying back assets at a fair market value. They offer a full turnkey program that makes the liquidation process as easy as the purchase and. If you if you uh, have a sale with uh, Goldline, they help the investors in metals achieve the best fair market price for your assets without any hidden fees or expenses. Gold should be in your portfolio right now. And in particular, consider it for the long term. Consider it for retirement. Consider it part of your legacy. Uh, I will tell you the gold that I have bought. I hope that I never sell it and I hope I pass it on to my kids and they never have to use it or sell it. It is that that rock-solid investment that you can always count on. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. Glenn, Mark Levin, Stephen Crowder, me, Pat Gray, all in one location. Use the promo code GLENN for $10 off at blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I have to tell you, I'm so excited to see my daughter perform on the stage of Carnegie Hall tonight. Um, and... Uh, you know, Pat, I mean, I know you know this. Um, she's she's performing, you know, and there's a choir or something, millennial choir. Yeah, she's kind of doing it incognito, Beck. right? Because it was uh, <laughs> Cheyenne Beck it was and the millennial Cheyenne choir. Beck. Uh-huh. Right. 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 But she's so <laughs> humble. And she said, no, you know, take my name off of the posters. Let's just make it the millennial choir. And, uh, you know, and then she was. I'm sure they wanted her to do solos and stuff, but she said, no, right. no, no, just, just put me in, you know, just a, just a row of the choir. Don't mm-hmm. focus on me. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, make it put me back so far where even my parents are like, I think that's Cheyenne. I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, just because of her humility. Yeah, so so uh, humble of her. So humble. So wow. humble of her with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, choir. If you've never seen the millennial choir, it is an absolutely amazing choir 
Yeah. Uh, I think they're 400 or 500 voices strong, mm-hmm. uh, starring my daughter, but she plays no role at all other than just a choir member. You know, she's trying to keep it on the down low. Um, but uh, it's this amazing choir done by these two brothers, uh, the Stewart brothers, who are professionally, classically changed and uh, trained, and they demand perfection. Mm. And these teenagers all the way through adults in this choir, actually little kids all the way through, you know, adults are 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 just um, so spot on. They demand perfection. And the amazing thing is, is everybody in the choir uh, wants it. You know, at first, they, you know, when they first start training all these people, they're like, OK, calm down. Uh, <laughs> but they don't. And and so the, everyone in the choir feels like they are part of something uh, that is excellent. And and it is. So if you're anywhere yeah. in the New York area and you want to see something truly remarkable, Carnegie Hall this weekend, there are three performances uh, tonight, tomorrow and uh, and uh Tomorrow night, you know, Cheyenne's humility with the uh, with the choir, you know, not having her name <laughs> right. up front like that. It, it reminds me of <laughs> right. what Joe Biden did with uh, Barack Obama when he when he begged Barack not to endorse him. He's like, no, no, <laughs> exactly. Barack, please, exactly. Don't you endorse know that me. happened. You know it happened. Right. I, I can. You it's know it happened. Not fair for the other candidates if you endorse me. I don't want you <laughs> to. Yes, so that's that was exactly really... what Joe Biden did, and uh, <laughs> and then and Cheyenne took that lesson. That's really something. Good for her. Yeah, good yeah. for her. Well, she's into social justice, and she knows she's lived a privileged life, <laughs> right? And so she's like, no, no, no. Wow. You know. Wow. Uh, anyway, so uh, I've been up here in New York, and I've been staying at this Airbnb, uh, this place, and uh, it's this really nice uh, house because I have all of my kids uh, with me and the grandkids and everybody else. And so, so we rented this Airbnb. And when you do that, I've done this before. Like I've stayed in San Francisco for, I don't know, some event I had to do. And uh, we traveled with the whole radio team and everybody else. Uh, yeah. Who, yeah, you, Pat, you were there, right? I was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And remember, and, and you know, when you meet sometimes the Airbnb people, they have this, <gasps> kind of moment when they see me walk up <laughs> it's and you yeah it's, <laughs> yes it's really not pleasant mm-hmm. uh and so i was not looking forward to meeting the owners of this house and so when i first walked into the house the guy's got a big library and uh and so i'm looking at all of the books and i'm trying to figure out who he is and and who they are um i find out that she's very 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 famous uh, and uh, and he is as well. He's a f- very famous painter, and I don't want to give any more details th- than that because you'll understand in the story. Um, but I can't figure out where they stand on things at all just by you know trying to piece clues together of how their lives are. And yeah, I went through the medicine cabinet anyway. Um, <laughs> so I so I'm trying to figure out who they are. And I actually bump into him in the street because he was going into the garage of this of this house where he has a, an art studio. And uh, and we find out that we have a mutual friend. And I'm like, hmm, 
That shows maybe, but he's doing work for this mutual friend. He's painting something. So I'm like, yeah, maybe, but maybe he doesn't know. Then I, uh, uh, he says, hey, come by in the art studio anytime. He said, I work here every day, and I'd love to talk to you, you know, show you this stuff. And, and uh, so I said, sure. So I come back the next day, and I go into his studio, and he's working on another painting for someone else. And he says, yeah, he's a classic painter, a classical painter. Um, and so he uses, he won't work off of a photograph. If you want a portrait, you have to sit for it. And sometimes mm. they take as long, apparently, as a month. But he could only get, he said, I'm working on this piece, and it's really hard because I can only get the guy to sit. He's only, he, he sat for me for six straight days. And he said, the guy just couldn't take any more time than that. And uh, he starts to show me, and it's Clarence Thomas. He's painting this wow. portrait of Clarence Thomas. And he's because he had to leave, he made a paper he made a paper mache Clarence Thomas and uh, and uh, the justice gave him his black robe uh, to put over this paper mache Clarence Thomas. I took a picture of it. I, I I'm going to ask him if I can share it. It's hysterical. He's got like little beer can shoes. I mean, his feet are like beer can. He needed to get the the drape of the of the robe right, and Clarence couldn't sit there any longer. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, this guy, he's got to be. I said, so six days with Clarence Thomas. He said he's a remarkable man, and I'm like, okay, all right, I think I'm safe. Um, but in New York, you never know. Yesterday, it's raining and raining really hard, and I'm walking down the street. I'm about three blocks away from the house, and he says, um, I hear, hey, Glenn. And I look back, and it's him. And he runs up, and he's like, hey, I've been watching some of your stuff. I did some research on you with, with art. And I said, oh, boy, okay, yes. And he said, I really want to talk to you because of your art history, things that you've talked about. Now, everything I've ever talked about on art history is like the progressive era art and how it is, you know, on the buildings here in New York and what it says and how they changed it and everything else. And I said, uh-huh. And he said, you are the only one I've done so much research for years. He's a he's a, a art professor as well. He said, for years, I've done work on the progressives and what they did around the turn of the century to art and how they have destroyed art. And he said, you're the only one that I know that actually knows this stuff. He said, I really would like to talk to you about it. So we went to his art studio. We sat there. He was like a starving little kid uh, where he was just like, somebody I can talk to. So, somebody I can talk to about the evil of progressive, uh, you know, twentieth, early 20th century progressives. Wow. Uh, and he talked to me about how if he said, if you want to learn how to paint, don't go to art school. You want to learn how to, I, I think he said something along the lines of, if you want to learn how to hate, you can go uh, to art school. He said, but they're not teaching. He said, they're teaching um, ugliness and they're teaching you, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to be, he said, to be polite, avant-garde. And he said, all of this stuff was to change the people's values 
and he talked about this this amazing process about how the elites and the progressives changed people's tastes and now how it is just this corrupt system. And this is a guy who is a well-known, I mean, you know, here in New York has a big uh, gallery that's his, just him. Uh, so he's a big, big name. And I was shocked. And I said, so you wouldn't be willing to do a podcast, would you? So my son-in-law was with me. And as the guy walked out, I said, uh, he said, you got to get him to do a podcast. This is fascinating. Mm. And I said, he's never going to do a podcast. He'll never do that. And um, he comes back and my son said, ask him. And he said, ask me what? And I said, well, I do a podcast. He said, I know I've watched them. And I said, you wouldn't be willing to. He said, I'd love to. Wow. So (laughs) once I get him to verify, because I said, you better think about it, dude. And Mm -hmm. he said, I I understand. I know what that means to my, you know, career and everything else. He said, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll think about it. But my answer to you is yes. He he says that the corruption of the art world, and he's right. Culture mm-hmm. leads politics, right? And, and does any of that sound familiar? Right. You remember where that? I mean, the origination of all that, where that comes from, the communist goals from 1963 that were inter- entered into the congressional record. Uh, goal number twenty-two. You yeah, remember I what remember, that was? I was thinking about that yesterday. It was something like to make it ugly yeah. and degrading, or something mm-hmm. like that. Continue what discrediting. Continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression. An American communist cell was told to eliminate all good sculpture from parks and buildings. Substitute shapeless, awkward, and meaningless forms. Wow, this is. I mean, kind of where we are. You hear he. This guy has the history really down, um, and it's it. It was a fascinating conversation, and the good thing is, I said, yeah, but you know, it's um, nobody's who's gonna who's who on the inside is going to change it. I said, you know, in in uh, the universities, you're starting to have the intellectual dark web that are coming out, and they're still on the left, but they're coming out and exposing it. He said. Glenn, people are starving. He said they know this isn't good. They know this isn't right. And they're sick of the corruption in this that you are destroyed unless you play ball. And he said, I think Mm. you'll be surprised at the number of people in the art world that are sick of it and want an end of it. And I think that's – I mean, it goes to this theory that I have that we're reaching a tipping point. To where people know what we have now is not working. And so we have to start showing a brighter tomorrow and the way to get to that brighter tomorrow. Because people are starting to feel, I don't want anything to do with what's happening today. Because it doesn't work and it's corrupt and it's awful. Uh, And it's big change. Big, big change is on the way. Okay, there is nothing worse than putting your foot into a shoe or a boot that sucks. 
that doesn't feel good, feels stiff. It's you're walking around all day and you're just you get and you I just can't wait to take these shoes off. You start to sound like a woman. I just can't wait to take these shoes off. Except here's the usual deal with guys. It takes you more than five minutes in a shoe. By the time my wife puts a shoe on and then she gets down to the bottom of the stairs and stepping into the car, she will say, oh, I can't wait till this night is over so I can take these shoes off. Why did you buy them in the first place? Okay. Anyway, um, women somehow or another do that and they're cool with it. I'm not. I want a boot or a shoe that is really comfortable. Otherwise, I'm wearing Jesus sandals with socks, and I don't care what anybody says. Now you can get a great, great boot that fits you, that is really comfortable, it is, is handmade. It takes 200 steps to make these, uh, these boots. Lizard, alligator, ostrich, really top-of-the-line leather, leather for about half of what everybody else pays. Now, how is that possible? Well, they cut out the middleman. That accounts for about half of what your boot will cost. So you can go in and you can buy really crappy boots, uh, and you know they're paying the middleman. Or you can get a really great boot for the price of the really crappy boot, and they're handmade. They're great. It's Tacovas. Tacovas. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Now, you order them online, but they have great jeans as well. And I have to tell you, as a, uh, as a guy who is rather lumpy, uh, their jeans really fit well. They're made of the, the, the regular denim, but they have some stretchy something in it, which I've, I've never really, because I've never needed it. Let's just say that. They're really comfortable. They're great. They look good. They make me actually look a little thinner as well. Anyway, Tacovis, find out about all of their apparel and their, their leather, all handmade. Their boots are great. Tacovis, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. Tacovis dot com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Coming on Monday. Punished for tweeting the truth. Wait until you hear this story about John Lott. John Lott is one of the the biggest scholars and experts on on gun stats in the world. Uh, he's been locked out of his Twitter account for literally tweeting the truth about the New Zealand shooter. Uh, that has been deemed, you know, a Trump supporter and a right winger. Uh, no, apparently that's not the truth. Uh, the guy, he all that John did was tweet phrases from his manifesto like conservatism is dead. Global capitalist markets are the enemy of the racial autonomists. Uh, he called himself an eco fascist. Um, he wanted to further the unionization of workers and minimum wage increases. He talked about the increasing wealth of the 1% that exploit the people for their own benefit. The nation with the closest political and social values to my own is the People's Republic of China. This is a conservative? This, this guy is a Trump supporter? No. John Lott tries to correct it by tweeting those quotes on Twitter. He's locked out of his account. Tweeting the truth will get you in trouble on Monday.